Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good lad. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. The Super 8 concept. Greatest single invention in the history of Gaelic football. In a hundred years' time, historians will speak incredulously about how the quarterfinals used to be played on a one-off basis in just one stadium ah, stop, stop. instead of sending the top teams around the country to take each other on in heavyweight battles three weeks ago. Descendants of current GA administrators will battle to claim ownership of the original idea on behalf of their kin. You think I'm exaggerating? Well, I am, but only as much as those who decided the whole concept was dead after the first round of matches. Hi, Murph. Hi, Ken. Hey, Owen. Welcome, everybody, to the Second Captain's Podcast. What a weekend we had. Are we calling it the David Cliffords? No. Never mind the Super 8s. We should just call them the David Cliffords. Yeah, well, that, inter- that little intervention was, uh, was pretty important. The Super 8s or the David Cliffords. Started with the routine enough win for Donegal against Roscommon. Then came the Dubs on tour. Mm-hmm. Turns out all you have to do to get those Dublin fans into a stadium on time, Ken, send us a couple of hundred kilometres up north. Yeah. I arrived in Alma around 5pm thinking oh this is going to be a bottleneck half the crowd were already up there apparently apparently there were streams loads of drone people were really delighted that, it, that there were streams of dubs coming up all day long they seemed yeah. quite impressed that everyone didn't just land up as per five the Croke Park situation at sort of 5 to 7 wondering What's where the stadium to, why can we all just get public transport to the ground like we always do <laughs> amazing welcome from the locals Nobody's, nobody even seemed that perturbed that some of the dubs were drinking flagons of Strongbow outside boozers rather than handing over some money to the local economy not Sorry. all Dublin fans just yeah. A couple of Dublin fans. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Simon. I think that's a little much. But uh, well, here, listen. You know, not all, not all Dublin fans. On, not all Dublin fans. It was a great occasion, an even better occasion in Clonus Ball accounts, as predicted by Usher McConville last Monday, and by your uncle Jim Murphy painted an amazing picture of big matches in the town in the on the World Service on Friday with a huge reaction to the chat with Uncle Jim. The boys on Radio Kerry stayed nice and chilled anyway with David Clifford's season saving goal. Ah, yeah, and I nearly forgot about the Kildare-Galway game, which is an absolute shootout in the first half, so it's okay, Ken, Gaelic football is alive and well, I know you were worried. I was never worried. You thought it was okay. You thought there was just a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to last week. I thought, yeah, yeah. That's, that was your reading situation. You think that people deciding on an entire competition restructuring on the back of two days worth of football last weekend was an overreaction? A bit like when I said the World Cup should just be cancelled after having to sit through Uruguay against Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know, I mean, emotions run high. Yeah, in the true. aftermath of such a debacle and uh, sometimes you say things which later you realise were stupid. They may have been true at the moment. At that, at the moment in which you said the words the World Cup should be cancelled, they were true in your head, but that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Oshin and Mike Quirk, two level-headed analysts on the show today with their take on all this. While all that was happening, we had the very real prospect of Tiger Woods winning the British Open. As everyone else was losing their head, he was negotiating his way around the front nine and two under par. 
giving him the outright lead at one point. That was pretty exciting. Oh, I'm not going to Oh, so yet. exciting. There's no doubt that there is a deflated feeling that sets in then when you realise, ah, oh, double bogey, no, a bogey, no. Is it really the bogey? That, uh, the double bogey obviously will kill them, you mm. know, where he dropped the two shots as opposed to the one subsequent one. Almost twice as damaging. <laughs> Almost twice as damaging. <laughs> Give but or you, take. But you still have a feel, maybe if, if he just steadies the ship now, but now it's too late. I think once he both was in 11 and 12, dropped those three shots. So you get that deflated feeling. I, I will say that that was tempered somewhat by the fact that there was so much else going on, so many players mm. coming in and out of contention at various points. And, you know, you still had the chance of a big name, like a speed winner. Mm. Didn't quite get that. And yet then I was thinking, Molinari, what a, what a nice chap this guy seems like. This guy. He's, he's been around a while. He's been playing amazing golf the last, this season in particular. Yeah. So he, he deserves it. Francesco Molinari, congratulations. You are the first ever Italian... Yeah, winner major of a major. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people saying that he's the first Italian to win the Claret Jug. I suppose Costantino Rocca did come quite close. Mm. Uh, St. Andrews, wasn't it? John Daly beat him. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you, like, it is a weird thing, you know? It's like, tough shit, Kevin Chappell, but I really don't want you to win this tournament. You know, I'm sure you're a very nice man, but Kevin Chappell isn't really going to do it for me. Now, I'm going to say Molinari is, you know, there is a, a newness there, a freshness, a guy from a country that's never had a major champion. Mamma I mean, mia! So it's an yeah, anti-American rancher going on here. No, not really. No, it's just... Yeah, well, maybe it is a little anti-American, to be honest, Owen. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, Zach Johnson was in one of the last few groups. I'm going to say I wasn't rooting too hard for Zach Johnson either. We'll chat to Lawrence Donegan about the golf, find out who he was rooting for. I've got a quick announcement to make before all of that, though. Drum hell, please, Simon. A whole new way of doing journalism is brilliant. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about, Vincent Brown. One of our favourite nights of the year is coming up very soon. That is what I'm talking about. It's on Thursday, August 9th. It's at the Liberty Hall Theatre in Dublin. We're going to welcome a superstar of the football world for our second captain's Premier League night with Cadbury. If you're part of the World Service, you know all about this already as we gave you guys the heads up on Friday's show. The free tickets went up at midday today. They've already been taken up. It's already sold out, so thank you for the huge response. You will not be disappointed. Advance notice of these events is just another perk of World Service membership. So you can get onto secondcaptains.com to become a member and not miss out in future. The identity of the superstar guest in question will be revealed closer to, closer to the time. I should mention those tickets were free and it's all with thanks to Cadbury, official snack partner to the Premier League. Right, we should probably hear the full Radio Kerry commentary of the episode. Yeah, it's a little jip there. Yeah, okay, here's the a little too short. Puts the ball out to James O'Donnell. James had put a high and mighty ball in. Looking for Kieran Donny. Kieran being held inside. Kerry still have it. It's a goal! It's a goal! And who does it? David Clifford. David Clifford has salvaged something. It's 117 to 117, Ambrose. No, you go for the juggernaut, Tim. That's a it, fantastic ball. High yes. ball in from James O'Donnell. No more than Kerry And a great finish by David Clifford. Bottom left-hand corner. Bullet. Kerry must get hold of it. Up goes Gavin. Gavin goes to the ground. Gavin is fouled. Still Monin have it. Inside their own half. Monin. Bodies all back. Where are the Kerry backs? They have runners all over the place. Monin on the attack. Is the number five with it, and that's Daisy Malone. Daisy Malone put it on the corner. Will this be the choice? Oh, oh dear! And a save, and the ball is on the ground to be got. Down goes the forward. We have it back. Kerry have it. Kerry will break from the possession. Kerry will break from the back. Nice and steady now. Stephen O'Brien, we need a whole Steve Right in the middle of the park. Gavin White can carry win this game. David Clifford, the faster man, puts it to me on Barnes on the 45. How if we have now? It's on the far side. It's Jamesy now. A pass from Mar. Jamesy tries against side. Take it on. A Take bag of on. tricks. Take him on. David Clifford has really brought us back into this game. Johnny in the middle of the park. Puts it out another trolley man. That's David Morton. We need to get it into that oh, game. David. Oh, David. Oh, David. Oh, and Gary oh, Owen. That ball will break inside. That ball will break. Will Johnny get it? Johnny go high. But while we get it's all over. Ah, oh, that's the stuff right there. Breathless the and indeed voiceless by the end of there was uh, Tim. Ambrose O'Donovan and Tim Moynan there, yep. as you say, um, using what was left of their voices. Yeah, it was kind of one of those voices. where I hope you were listening to the coverage on Radio Kerry, but also watching on television because <laughs> trying to figure out where the ball was or what was <laughs> it. At, at that stage of a rather dramatic game. I, it's perfectly understandable if uh, if some some minor details got got missed there. Oshin's landed in. How are you, Oshin? All in his form. It's very good, actually. Mike Quirk, how are you? All good now. Yeah, well, it should be. It was a great weekend of football, so every everything is okay. Well, what changed between week one and week two of the Super Eights? The weather. <laughs> <laughs> the weather for one, and I think uh, there was a lot more raiding on the on the weekend. You know, there was a little bit of sorting out done last week. Um, 
you know, there's a couple of teams who are fighting for their lives, and when teams are fighting for their lives, it sort of it it obviously adds a little bit more to it. Um, and then taking them to provincial grounds, uh, and just it just increased the atmosphere, and there was an anticipation, and we had no choice. Only it to be a good weekend, really. Yeah. When you think about it, I mean. The GA has talk, taken a serious bashing over the last number of weeks. Like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I can't remember it being as bad, you know, P always. And the weekend sorta of sa- saved us in a in a way because um the it's the sense of occasion was one thing, but you got the the games have got to live up to, you know, that expectation as well and that atmosphere and the anticipation and all those sort of things. And it did. And uh, I was in Clonus and um, there was a ch- an opportunity for people to get involved in the game because it was end to end, it was open we'd probably get into the nitty gritty of, of of tactically what it was like but just as a spectacle, it was just end to end it was just, it was just, it was just a brilliant it was just brilliant to be there and brilliant to witness it and I honestly, like, I'd probably need to watch it back a couple of times to decide whether it was a wonderful game with wonderful skills and all that, but after the lack of weeks we've had, you just take it take and it, you, yeah, you take yeah. it for on face value and you just say, you know, that was tremendous entertainment. And yeah, th- and there were moments as well. There were yeah, huge moments. Yeah. You, you talk about crowd getting involved. Well, there's a goal in the first minute by the the star man on the home team. That's always going to do it. And then this young superstar for Kerry steps up, Mike, as he did last week. He got a little bit lost maybe in the in the dismay over the performance last week, that he did step up with with 1-5. He's done it again. I'm watching a picture of it here. I'm looking at a picture at the moment that Aaron Kernan actually tweeted um, of the goal. And the angle, it just looks so tight from this. This is kind of from the side there of the There is no goal. angle. There's, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no real angle. The goal, the pass, I don't know who the flick down and the finish. It was, it was an exceptional moment. Yeah, it was ridiculous, really. I mean, like, I, I equated it to like a, a golfer being stuck behind a tree trying to get the ball to the green and, and basically having a lash between the branches, like picking a spot and, and pinging a five iron through branches because it, it, you were just waiting it for to, to, you know, clatter off somebody's knee or somebody's armor. And it was just an incredible piece of poise and composure to in that kind of moment with that pressure in an all or nothing situation to be able to pick a spot and drill it with his weak foot uh, to the far corner of the net was was an incredible, incredible finish, and and it just you know you had you had you had the goal at the very first kick of the game, and you had the goal pretty much close to the last kick of the game by probably the two best kind of forwards in, on show, and it was it just lived up to the whole thing, and the game needed it, and Kerry needed it, and I think the Super Eights needed it because you were gonna you were gonna just roll out here to a really really bad bad last round of of Super Eights if if that goal hadn't gone in. Yeah, I mean, to talk about Clifford just for a second, I mean, Kerry had two runaway wins in the Munster Championship. He got two points against Clare when the, his team scored 32 points, one, and one of them was from a free. Two points from play against Cork in the Munster Final. But then, as the Kerry team's performance went, has plummeted, he stepped up. Like, he's the guy who stepped up. Like, 1-5 against Galway last week, as Owen said, 1-3 yesterday. It's the exact opposite of what you'd expect from a like a 19-year-old kid. Like, there is a chance that this guy's actually better than we thought he was going to be, and we thought he was going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 he, he again, you know, one one five and one three. The goal against Galway was obviously very late in the thing, but it probably is going to be a crucial game, a goal now in terms of mm-hmm. score difference. But it's just the, it's the kind of you know composure and the poise that he's shown like in these moments like that was a like Danny starting that game I, I would imagine was as much to do with the kind of to give a bit of leadership and a bit of physicality around the place and a bit of an edge as a, as a, as anything else and, and he did that obviously but this guy didn't shirk one ounce of it he got plenty of it from, from the, uh, the Wileys and, and everybody else around the place and, and he didn't shirk any of the physical stuff and, and he showed a bit of aggression that you know I wasn't sure we hadn't really seen it before but you know he, it was just really really impressive from him and, and interestingly it was it was all the kind of young Kerry guys that were the ones that really took the fight him on in the second half it was Tom O'Sullivan and you know um, Gavin White uh, probably a lesser extent Shawnee Shea the same but it, it was it was he was the head of the snake that was the guy he kicked the score with his left leg before before the goal from about 35 yards out in front of the stand it was that was an incredible score that kind of just kind of went you know missing in the in the analysis afterwards because the goal was obviously so good but he he was the guy that kept you in it when maybe you didn't deserve to be just when the two teams when the two teams uh, lined up Kieran Duffy shook his hand and gave it to him straight in the chest 
and the two of them uh, had a bit of a face-off for the next 30, 40 seconds. And a 19-year-old lad, and he just stood up to it, and he wanted it, and he wanted the ball. To be fair, Kerry did that all over the, all over the field. Uh, Monaghan tried to single out a couple of boys. Maybe they thought the, that Clifford was a wee bit soft. Maybe they thought Sean O'Shea. Uh, maybe the same with the likes of Gavin White. In particular, uh, uh, and Thomas Sullivan, they all stood up, but they got plenty of it off the ball. They got plenty of it to begin with before the referee. The referee was about to throw the ball in, and he went. You know, he went to um, to Sean O'Shea, and I think he was being picked up by um, by Drew Wiley at the time, or maybe even Ryan Wiley. Uh, Kieran Duffy went and picked up Clifford, and as I say, it was hot and heavy for you know even before the ball was right. thrown in. So. For Clifford to come through that test, to stand up to it, to want the ball, you know, and like he definitely didn't shirk it in in any shape or form, as far as responsibility, but also physically, like he was well, he was well fit to, to stand up to everything that he took, and he did take a nice little bit of abuse as well. I don't think McManus is uh, somebody you have to worry about in that score either. He's always going to step up. Uh, myself and Murph were talking about this finish when we were on the way in today. Um, it, you know, first minute of the game, you're a bit cold. You're not necessarily ready to take a goal chance. One falls to you, and it looked like he what he, he tried to take it around the goalkeeper, and that didn't actually work because the keeper stood up to it. Normally, what happens then is you just see the defend the attacker and the goalkeeper kind of come together, and the ball squirms away somewhere. But he, he readjusted, and I'm, I'm telling you how to finish no, these big chances no, in, in those <laughs> football championship matches. Actually. But did you watch how how far he dropped it onto his foot? He dropped it right onto the ground, right, right onto the ground, and he waited for it, and then he. He slotted it, and you're just not surprised. You're right; you're not surprised by McManus because any opportunity that he gets. But oh, and the man must must have thought, "Hold on a second, okay, that's going to happen in the first minute." But there's no way they're going to let me away with this for 35 minutes, and they did. Yeah. The amount of opportunities when when Monon scored one-one, they had the game in the possession four uh, wides in a row, and a carry went off the field and got an opportunity and kicked it, and got them. Uh, so it's back in the game but Monaghan could have killed the game mm. could have killed the game with those, with those so four Monaghan scores. blew it a couple of times then you're saying they, they blew it late on and then they blew it possibly but early just, on when they could have finished I it I just think mentally I think when you do something like that you know when, when people start sort of taking I wouldn't say they're pot shots but I would say on a, uh, as the game uh, as the game developed then they started you know the right option you know wait for McManus to come off my shoulder and I'll pop it to him Wait for Carl O'Connell to make that run down through the middle, and we'll draw a free. This wasn't this wasn't that. They also uh, Neil Cairns also had a pretty decent goal opportunity. Kerry could have been dead and buried. Mm. Kerry were tactically very naive to not to have somebody in front of Mark Griffin. It looked at times as if uh, Paul Murphy was possibly going to play a sweeper. It looked at times as if Peter Crowley was possibly going to play the sweeper, but that never materialised. You know, there was no longevity to it. That that didn't happen for the course of the of the first half. But regardless of all that, the way Kerry stood up uh, physically to all the challenge and mentally and to everything that was thrown at them and the reaction on coming off that field was unbelievable. The first thing Clifford did on the way off the field was he kicked the flag about forty yards up in the air. Really? Then he went down the tunnel and he punched. Uh, you know the the saying that the boys stand in front of for the man of the match or whatever. Yeah. He punched that on the way through, <laughs> right. and I could see the Kerry goalkeeper just running to him to try and uh, to try and. So what? He's just not, sub- the, not the Kerry, Kerry sub goalkeeper. The gate was dropped. Mm. Shane Murphy running to him just to put his arm around him, and they went on. He was just so pumped up by the yeah, by the physical Liam changes Hassett, and by getting Liam the big was it? giving it the big one into the right. Monaghan crowd as well. So. It may, it may ignite something in them, you know. It, it may ignite something in them because it's something that they badly, badly needed. Yeah, and Mike, but for all that, right, this was not, it still wasn't a very good day for him and Fitzmaurice. You know, like the full back line had to be changed. Obviously, Foley was injured. Killian Young was suspended. They dropped Obeg Lake. They didn't, obviously, didn't play the sweeper. You know, the, you know you're, every, you're sitting at home watching going, at what stage is Conor McManus going to be just eliminated from this game? Because this doesn't happen anymore. That a guy's left one-on-one and just keeps kicking points like McManus did. Uh, Donaghy, I mean, Donaghy was there for the chance at the end, but how good a game did he have? Probably not great. You know, behind it all, it was like the the guts of David Clifford and a couple of the young players that you've mentioned that got carried through, not a sort of a tactical mastermind or a series of positional switches that, that came off for him. No, no, definitely not. Like, and and look, I'm a, I'm always of the of the mindset that 
you know, the players inside the lines obviously dictate the results of the games and, and managers always get a disproportionate amount of blame or praise depending on the final result. But like, you know, Mark Mark Griffin, Mark Griffin is not and like this look, Mark Griffin is not a guy that's capable of marking Kieran McManus one on one. Like that that is just not that is not what his his game is about. Like I mean, you saw in the third quarter. Like for me, he's like a, he he's like a Michael Darren McCollum disguise. Like this this guy is a is a rampaging battering ram who's a ball carrier with a limited skill set. But Jesus, he's wholehearted and he'll give everything he has, driving forward. And he's and he's a guy that that's his game. You know, his game is 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 power running and coming out with the ball. He doesn't have the footwork or the ability to actually mark a guy like McManus in forty or fifty yards of space. Um, and it was a real mismatch and it was like if he was going to be picking him up I would have assumed they would have been playing somebody in front of him to give him a bit of protection a bit of a cover but there just didn't seem to be that and, and I was surprised that it was left for 35 minutes and, and you'd say definitely I mean analysing their performance that was a really poor call and it was a, it was a mismatch and, uh, and I mean there was, there was others obviously like that, that you're just looking at yourself saying like Donnie he's starting the game I, w- I was particularly I, was, I, I didn't see that one coming I didn't think it was a great call at the time because I just felt that this game was probably going to be decided in the last five or ten minutes which ultimately was probably an injury time obviously when it was decided but like I, I, would, I didn't think Donny would even survive and last that long. But to be his credit, to be fair to the guy, he actually looked fresh enough still going into the last couple of minutes. But he's a guy that I thought his role was going to be that you're coming on with 20 minutes to go here and, and you're going to change the dynamic of the game. Similar to, to what he should have been doing against Galway when, when they were dead and flattened their feet in that game, that he's a guy that comes in and, and changes the whole thing. But I, I'm not sure. It's just, I, I still think there's just too many guys like, like Paul Ganey is too good of a footballer to play the way that he played, you know, yesterday. And like Paul Murphy and David Moore, and you can go Jack Barry. You can keep going through the guys, and there's too many guys that are just not playing, uh, you know, where where their level really is. And and um, and that's the disappointing thing. And that's the challenge for the management. They can make all the switches and changes they want. Ultimately, they have to find what it is to get these guys going because at the moment they're not operating as as well as they can play. They also need a favour from Galway now against Monaghan in the last game. A favour that Murph here feels that Galway mightn't be willing to do for them. Murph, you've got this theory. You're not the only one. There are a bunch of there are a bunch of you like minded weirdos <laughs> <laughs> making this point that Galway might want to lose this game against Oh, easy side of the draw. It's it's the easy side of the draw summer, Owen. Please explain how it's the easy side of the draw. Galway haven't reached an All-Ireland football final in 17 years. Mm-hmm. These players have never sampled anything like an All-Ireland football final. Dublin are past masters. They've, been in the la- they've won the last three in a row, four of the last five. It's, obviously, it's easier for Galway to beat Dublin in a semi-final than in a final. Do you want to take him down or will I? I've got a couple I of points. he's finally lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I would say about that theory... That <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> yes, Ushie, yes! But one thing I would say about that... Shut up, let the man speak. Dublin are liable, okay, to Mm. beat Briscommon by 15-plus, okay? Not a great way to be going into an All-Ireland semi-final. Galway are coming the most natural successors to to Dublin, it looks like, at the minute. So semi-final may be the place to catch them. I believe that if if Dublin can get through, that they they won't be beating an All-Ireland final. This is unbelievable. Have you guys been watching the last few All-Ireland Finals? Dublin never play well in All-Ireland Finals. Dublin scrape over the line. So that's our point. They're due. They play, <laughs> they play well in semi-finals. Look at Tyrone last year. I was looking at this in preparation for this, this debate. Dublin won the last three semi-finals by a margin of 21 points. Okay. Well, there was one replay in there, but he, that, was, that was obviously a draw. Similarly, there was one replay in a final, so they cancelled each other out. And they won the last three finals by a margin of five points. So there's a myth that Dublin are impossible to beat in all Ireland finals. They're actually much harder to beat at the semi-final stage. And a second point, th- you said it yourself, Galway haven't been to the all Ireland final in 17 years, so surely even making the final and having a crack at the dubs and having the confidence to have a go will be seen as a pretty good season. Sounds like loser talk to me, On uh, The road to an all Ireland <laughs> championship goes through Dublin. I mean, all the rest of the other teams, you know... That's that's like like I'm not saying goal are going to win is really loser talk is to say you can't beat them in a final. That's loser talk. No, no, no. the The whole idea of this is I think if goal get to learn semi final or a final at this stage, it doesn't matter. You know, what I mean, like they're now the second best team in the country. It's you either win it and it's a, an amazing season, or you lose it and you've lost to Dublin. I don't understand which is no why disgrace. you think it's 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 easier to beat them in a semi final though. 
There's because, no evidence about that. Because All-Ireland Finals are completely different occasions to anything that these players... I mean, let's talk to the people who have actually played in Mike, All-Ireland Finals. Mike, preach some sanity to this man, please. Help I me. I think this is, this is one of the craziest conversations I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like if, 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 if Kevin Kevin Welsh is inside that dress room, uh, all he wants to do is keep this thing rolling. He wants he wants this momentum. He wants this confidence that's building inside in their yes. group to keep going. Uh, and and like for Galway football people, like getting to an All Ireland final for just for what it'll do for the county and 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 yeah, it'll be hype and it'll be crazy and 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 they'll have as much of a chance of beating Dublin in a final as they will in a semi final in my in my view. But the difference is. The, the, the knock-on benefit for that county in their football sense is going to be absolutely huge. And I, I'm sure Kevin Welsh, uh, particularly just with that, that group of his of his own, not nothing outside of that, will want them guys to get and experience the the, the feeling of getting to an All-Ireland final. Because cause they're not going anywhere next year or the, or the year after. These guys are going to be around for a little bit. So the more experience they get of playing in the very biggest of those games, not saying they can't win it this year, the better for that group and, and and I think there's no question and I hope so from Kerry's point of view <laughs> that they're going to go and, and, and turn the screw on, on Manon and, and want to get to the you know the final and, and, and give themselves the easier path I've always said I love the no bullshit analysis of Mike Quirk you satisfied now? Uh, well, will we move on from this to, to be, completely hypothetical well, debate? Yeah to be, uh, to be honest I mean yeah. this idea that Galway are starts to get to the Ireland football final if they've finished top of this group is in itself um, massively disrespectful to Tyrone and Donegal but I mean I would say that they were good yesterday you know, again were, when, when matter, you know, I suppose the sending off made a bit of a difference I would have liked yeah. to have seen 15 on 15 those last yeah it's true so. but I mean we come back to Ian Burke again Oshin. like the guy has revolutionised this Galway yeah. team he really really has I mean the more I watch of him the more I think this guy could have been Ireland's greatest ever scrum half if he was born somewhere other than Curfin. Because like, <laughs> this whole idea that if you have possession, you, you have to be patient and you hand pass the ball from one side of the field to the other. And, you know, it, it, it's a case of just hand passing the ball into a guy's chest and, and that's it. Like, the, the, the delay that he puts on his hand passes, like, the angles that he makes his body, he turns his body to, to ensure that the hand pass isn't just, just shoveled off to a guy, but beats, like, takes two players out of the game and then... Johnny Heaney is through or Damian Comer is through or whatever like he, he's, he's just a brilliant brilliant footballer to watch and you know the more you see Galway put moves together you know sort of 10 minute spells and games where they're just really really excellent the more you think well they're out in their own now as the second best team in the country No I agree I think uh, Buck has given them something that they haven't had and there's a, there's a, a great impatience about them do you know what I mean? I can never see him taking part in the old keep ball towards the end. Of, towards the end of the game, I can see him being the rebel that doesn't want to keep the ball. He always wants to do something positive. He always wants uh, to get somebody else. Like he, it's not as a corner forward. It's not even about him, you know, notching up one six or one seven. It's about him bringing other players into the game. His movement is unbelievable. You know, I watched him uh, last week against Kerry. His movement off the ball, on the ball is exceptional and he give them just another little dynamic that they that they haven't had and he's one of the reasons why they've improved but the other thing about goal is that you know the the, the players coming off the bench you know and the the boys who are coming off the bench know they're going to be rewarded you know if they if they do a good job it was the same with Monaghan yesterday played uh, Malone played 15 minutes football all year really when you think about it against against uh, Kildare got them over the lane was rewarded yesterday played 78 or 9 minutes so uh, that's the thing that has that really had the, the Galway set up is that you know it's not you know the 16 or 17 that there's 21 or 2 lads there that are making a real difference I don't know how to break this to you Shane, but I didn't make it as far as Clonus on Sunday oh shit yeah despite your ad for the tourist board what <laughs> was that last week. well I, was, I just had to get up and down the same night Usual crack, Usual I, was, I, was, I was up in Oma. I had a great time. I heard you were in Oma. If that's any consolation. And the, the Glebe Bar, everything. Yeah, I've everything? Heard, I, heard, I heard exactly. An old converted church. Nice spot. I heard a lot about your movements. <laughs> Nothing that exciting <laughs> happens. <laughs> but uh, oh, kudos to your friend, actually, who gave me some advice to park in the bus depot car park, thereby getting a nice clean exit. I was sure I was on there. I was past. What time were you home at? I was home by. Let me think. It's probably all, I was off up, up on the A5 and through Ballygally by about 9 o'clock. Home by 11. 
Did you reverse down the road? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only. No, you did well. You did yeah, well. We did okay, did well. Yeah. I mean, was, uh, the the atmosphere was brilliant in a in a very convivial way. It was you know because there was all this stuff about Owen Mulligan and other players saying let's make this int- intimidating. Definitely wasn't intimidating. It was really really nice, lovely place to watch a football game. Um, and it's like all the provincial grounds were in the best behaviour. Yeah, the it kind of was. Everybody <laughs> wanted to be, you know, there's it no was, mixing it going was something on. Something similar in Clonus. All everybody yeah. sort of, whatever everyone Kerry forgot. fans were there, they seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, everyone yeah. forgot to bring the Galatasaray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't. It was funny you talk about the possession football there. When you're when you're watching a game towards the end like that in Dublin, start like you know it's kind of horrible to watch. And it was there was a fan beside me, a Tyrone fan who was giving out about the ref the entire time but also towards the end said these guys are just masters of the dark arts says a Tyrone <laughs> fan about Dublin I was so delighted to hear that uh, and it's not yeah it's certainly not pretty but it does have and if there is actually a point to it aside from just holding onto the ball like you ex- Colin Cavanagh was running around after that trying to hit them and just unable to get near any of them getting closer to the end of his tether one of the corner backs at one stage was out around the half half back line trying to get at, and was so exhausted he just had to stop and put his hands on his hips and his hands on his head it was nearly, so aside from just keeping the ball I think it does serve a function it does actually take the last bits of will and to, in fairness to Tyrone they have been putting it up to them for the last few minutes and to see if you want a team to I pre- can't believe I'm defending this possession because I, I don't like it but <laughs> no I, I don't really like it do. either but it's see if you want to press that mm. all it takes is one player like that putting his hands on his hips and that all, that's all it takes because there's one player then free. It's very difficult. I know, you know, you should be th- you should be thinking, listen, lads, you know, coming towards the end of the game, let's get every, let's press them up if we're behind. Uh, don't let them keep the ball. Very difficult in reality to actually do that. It's grand to be able to coach it on the on the, on the coaching field, but to actually get people to buy into that and to actually do it. Uh, to the latter law, coming towards the end of a pulsating 70 whatever minutes of football is very, very difficult. And Throne found that very, very difficult. I do think, I do still think though that when Dublin do that, they are always thinking end product here. They are always thinking one more score. Mm. Like, I don't think it's keep balls a lot of the time for, for keep balls' sake. Um, but I think it's something that we're going to see more of. You know, I mean, Monaghan tried a little bit of it yesterday to their detriment. Um, Galway did as well and the one thing that I will say about it is referees are not going to have any truck I mean if you get physical with a guy and like go maybe 10% over what would normally be a foul in your as your team are knocking the ball back and forth referees aren't going to give you a free no. because no one likes it yeah. and like, like I, that is the tariff that you pay <laughs> the referee is not going to give you a free unless you go like and try and take someone's head off I mean if you get contact on a guy who has the ball like you're the the referee is definitely not going to give you a free for it. So like it like the the game is hilarious in a lot of ways. That is one where where it's kind of like self policing, you know. Yeah. That like you know you kind of see this quite a bit as well, Mike. You know like this uh, bad play never. You know if if you do something stupid, that also means that you get fouled. The referee's <laughs> going to give you a free because like well you, that's terrible play, so you you get punished yeah. for it. But I, I, I like you watching the Dublin forwards like Paul Mannion's tackle on. The Tyrone corner on McShane was it? Who was throwing goal? Yeah, Colin McShane. Yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I know you were you were nearly crowning Galway there a few minutes ago, but like <laughs> Ron O'Neill had a had a very kickable free to cut this to one point game. You know, with with a minute to go, the last day, and 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 Tyrone, like for for all of of Dublin's keep ball and for everything else, Dublin or Tyrone were the team in that last quarter that that really pushed them and, and, and made it look as uncomfortable as, as they could make it, really. And I, I just think they, you know, taking taking Dublin away from Croke Park and into this whole, you know, story of what they narrowed the pitch by six metres and, and the atmosphere and the 16,000 people, it was just... It was a it was a really really great occasion and and you know for all like as hard as Tyrone pushed them in that last quarter, they were still the guys like just standing up and saying lads we'll do it whatever way you want us to do, mm. like you know McCarthy driving through the middle, keeper saves it and he gets an old lucky paw and pans into the net like they whatever you need like they're they're just coming up and they're answering all the questions and. You know, it was a it was a great game, and and Tyrone showed it. Like they've come on a long way in twelve months from the hammering they got from from the same guys last last year, and um and it's just it's 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 really setting it up interesting now for for the last round and and to see where it goes from there. Yeah, it's round twenty got set up beautifully, but I do just want to ask you, Ushin, you alluded earlier on to the rough few weeks the GA have had. The latest problem has been around this Liam Miller testimonial, 
still not that the latest is the GAA say that they'll meet with the organisers, but they haven't committed to anything no. by having a meeting. Originally, it was reported, oh, great, they're going to open it up, but that's not necessarily the case. So, uh, what have you made of their of their handling of it to now? The handling has been a little bit like the handling of most of the situations recently. It's been it's been pretty pathetic. It is it is it's you know it's lacked real leadership, and again, you know we're we possibly will f- come to the right outcome. Mm. But the fact that we've had to go through what we've had to go through in order to get there, it's disappointing because you think, right, okay, what happened in Newbridge, let's learn from that. Uh, I don't think the GA are fully, you know, they have to take fully full responsibility because p- part of this is a lot, of, like 99% of the people who are involved in GA are volunteers, okay? So when this comes to the likes of a... Uh, of a county board, I imagine, the first thing they do is they refer to Crow Park. Crow Park say, well, this is our rules, so no, we can't do that. Whereas people should have seen this for, a, you know, for what it was, a little bit more than just your ordinary um, request to have something outside yeah. of the box. Um, and this should have been a, a fo- you know, a pretty formal discussion with, with, with the decision makers before, you know, any of this come into the... Um, Come into the to, to the domain, domain of the yeah, yeah the public domain, uh, but I think we we come to the to the right solution in the end and and look let's open it up like I mean let's open it up for 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 other games I mean what's Parky Keeve going to be doing for the next six months nothing yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean so why not make full use of the facility that you have Mike where are you on that yeah like it's you know, you know this guy Sean Spicer who was the press secretary for Trump there for a few months like it's, yeah. that's that's kind of like how 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 the GA is coming across in a PR sense at the moment like anything they can do wrong it just seems to be that they're doing it and uh, and like I I just thought that this this whole thing has been such a mess and the last few weeks have been a mess like this would have been looked so good for the association to say yeah and i don't know all the intricacies of this and maybe maybe the fei should have done something with the ga behind closed doors and had this all sorted like a, a couple of weeks ago or whatever I, i'm not sure how it all panned out like that but it just would have looked so good for the association and, and it would also have been like ultimately it would have been the right thing to do and it would have been a lovely thing to do and uh, I just think they're just they're just shooting themselves in the foot too many times with these things that like Oshin says we probably will I hope so we'll get to the right result and that the game will be played in Parky Cueve but you would have liked to have just had this sorted a couple of weeks ago and come out and made a statement that Parky Cueve is open to this game and it's a big big job from the GEA and it's a lovely touch and, and you would have got some par- positive spin and positive PR out of it as opposed to leaving it go the other way you know yeah seems fair enough Mike Oshin brilliant as always thanks a minute okay guys He's stealing yards, he's stealing yards, he needs to get back, get back! Who's going to be the man? See who wants to pass it! No, it's going straight to Kerry. Higgins now for Mayo. Looks back with Durkin. Good score, Paddy! Bring you, buy you! Fair play to you! Paddy Durkin! The Mayo support are off their feet. We're level once more here at Copa. It's Kerry 214. There's a minute, just over a minute left. Load up, Brett, load up. We need to win this kick out. Come on, Mayo. Come on, Mayo. Come on. It's Kerry 214. Mayo 214. Kelly with kick out. Who's going to win it? Who's going to be the man? See who wants Carson. Tom Carson. No, Tom. It's going straight to Kerry, man. Number six, now tying Molly. Out with number eight, David Ford. Ford to Sheehan has just done it. And Mayo man's been tight. No, it's a free for Kerry. A free for Kerry, about 50 metres out. Oh, oh, this is heartbreaking. It's a free from Kerry right in the middle of the pitch. He's after taking, he should be going back further. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. Yeah. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. We played five minutes, which has been a lot of injury time. Kerry 214. Mayo 214. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan. He oh, goes, yes, go wide. Keep going wide. Go wide. Go wide. No, Mayo man gets it. It's still in play. That's yeah, full time. It's all over. Full time. It's all over. We're oh, going to have to do it all over God. again. What a game. What an absolute thriller. And credit to both sets of players. Credit to them for the effort they gave, for the passion they put into it, for the football they played, for the actual sportsmanship that was there, for the actual scores that they got. That game had everything that you want to see except a Mayo win. We never even talked about 
possibly my favourite feature of the weekend. Go on. Rory Beggins kickouts. Oh, yeah. Not to mention his freeze, but in particular his kickouts. I think somebody from people from your own code can should start recruiting from the uh, the Gaelic football fields around the country. Why? Well, because these go- goalkeepers. Are they have some unbelievable. They're games. all sweeper keepers. They can all come out. They can well, not so much sweeper keepers. No, they all ping these. Niall Morgan was doing a lot for Tyrone uh, against uh, against Dublin as well. We all know. We all know how the top keepers do it these days. Try and go short if if this short kicks on. Get pressed up on. No bother. They just ping. In Begin's case, they ping like seventy yarders mm. into the chest of somebody who's being marked. Practically, it's it's, it's impressive stuff. I'm just saying that maybe if Pep Guardiola is looking for a backup goalkeeper. But if if they've got Gaelic football in their heart, they wouldn't leave. Or Begin wouldn't I, go over I, to Man City for a trial. I, I imagine they wouldn't. They wouldn't just be tempted to to quit Gaelic football just by money. No, no. of course not. Just no, the, you're right. But the lure of being a professional sports person, Ken. On the other it's hand, the lifestyle. On the other hand, that you lifestyle. get the lifestyle. You get the lifestyle in the in the GAA anyway. You just don't have the corrupting money piled in on top of it but you do have to also you have to the work sacrifice some, which is what it's all about yeah some job though I mean he's got to do something teaching probably or being a student but at the same so I mean you don't really have the lifestyle you know the 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 the, the, the quest for self-fulfillment that's what this is all about Ken mm. you know and so if Pep Guardiola came calling I'm sure Rory Began I mean obviously I'm not going to do a trial I'm Rory Began <laughs> Yeah. You know, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> but if I'm Pep Guardiola said, rang up, said, begging around here. Yeah, no strings attached. That's it. You don't have to come over for a trial. Four years. We'll start you on 40 grand a week. Can't do any further than that. 40 grand a week. His head yeah. might, take it be or turned. Leave it. might be turned. Tiger Woods led the Open on his own for a spell yesterday before double bogey in the 11th. Scuppered his chances and he's pretty upbeat afterwards. Despite all of that, here he is talking about sharing the experience of contending at a major with his kids. I told him I, I tried and I... You know, I said, I hope that you can be, you're, you're proud of you know your pops for trying as hard as I did. It was it was you know pretty emotional because they, they gave me some pretty significant hugs there and squeezed. And um, I know I know that they know how much this championship means to me and how much it feels good to be back playing again. And to me, it's just so special to have them aware because I've I've won a lot of golf tournaments you know in my career, but they don't remember any of them. And so, uh, for them to understand, we you know what I was doing, you know, early in, in my career, and they've seen only thing they've seen are my struggles and the the pain I was I was going through. Um, now they just want to they want to go play soccer with me, and uh, so that's man, it's just a, such a great feeling. Golf dad Tiger Woods there, one of many contenders in the final day. Sorry, wait, that was Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> that did not sound like any Tiger Woods I'd ever heard before. But there uh, you go. Lawrence Donegan is ready to talk about this. It was one of those rounds, uh, Tiger. It was one of those rounds, Lawrence, where more and more players seemed for a while to be getting into the mix rather than less. And oftentimes the field thins out, but that didn't happen until quite late on. And ended up with Francesco Molinari, top dog. Are you happy enough with Francesco Molinari as Open champion? I'm sure we can all ask for a Tiger Woods victory. I suppose that would have been a, a, a greater sweep of history. That would have been a, a more uh, thrilling and interesting win. But uh, Molinari, I mean, his run recently, when I mean, he finished tied second at, uh, at the John Deere Classic on Sunday, bowls into Carnoustie on Monday morning. I mean, he won he won at Wentworth uh, in May, and then he won he won Tiger's event uh, by eight shots on the PGA Tour. As I say, be- best player in the world right now. Just it's amazing to me. But nobody picked him as a potential winner, least of all me. <laughs> to be going around with Tiger on the final day yeah. and to keep his composure in the way that he did was hu- hugely impressive. It was, uh, it was, you know, I actually, so much so that it didn't really dawn on me until yeah. the last couple of holes that he was playing with Tiger. Yeah. Same as myself, um, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, it, there were so many players in contention, it was, it was kind of hard to keep track of who exactly was on an upward trajectory and who was doing what. And it was only at the end when the commentator said, oh yeah, um, Molinari hasn't dropped a shot since Friday. <laughs> you think, yeah. well, obviously this guy was, was always in with a shout, he's playing so solidly. It was, yeah. Well, the thing, the, the knock on Molinari over the years, he's always been a great ball striker, but his short game, I don't know if, well, if you if you go back to, say, the 2010 Ryder Cup, I mean, he played Tiger in the singles there, and I think he got, well, I think he got a, a good doing. But uh, I mean, his putting at that Ryder Cup was, oh, you, you had to watch it through your fingers, you know, it was so bad. But uh, just an interesting, and I see it noted a little bit, uh, and by Molinari himself, 
He's been working with Dave Allred. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't know if you remember Dave Allred. He was a Johnny Wilkinson kicking guru. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, and to uh, interesting guy, Allred. I mean, Harrington worked with him for a little while. I think he's a tough he's a tough go, uh, Allred. Harrington got rid of him. He went and worked with uh, Luke Donald. Luke Donald went to world number one um, uh, with Dave Allred, got rid of him, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. But Molinari's been working with him. And I saw a lot of the all red thing in Molinari, the kind of, you know, these, the whole, you know, small targets thing. I mean, he, all red wrote this really interesting book called the pressure principle. I think it's one of the best books on coaching you'll ever read. Right. And he, uh, I, I, and you know, it's all about small targets, all about structured practice. You'd never hit a shot in practice that doesn't count for something. And I, I, I that's made a world of difference to Molinari. And I think he's acknowledged that, you know, sometimes these guys aren't quick to, Acknowledge the backroom staff, but he he give a big shout out to Allred and so, the likes of uh, um, uh, Swashputton. Uh, what's his face? Uh, anyway, so yeah, a really impressive performance. Yeah, I, I remember reading about Allred in Wilkinson's book, and he he seemed to function as much as a, nearly like a psychologist. Uh, you use the word guru. It's, it does seem like that was the kind of relationship yeah. that. Um, that that Wilkinson seemed to have with him, if, if I'm remembering that book correctly. You talk about small targets there. Do you mean physically small targets, or, or as in yeah, just that's setting? Yeah, so right. I, I sat one day. This is how much of a nerd I am. I sat one day uh, up at Castle Stewart, and the preparation for that year's Scottish Open, watching all red working with Luke Donald, and what they would do, they would um, they would take ten balls and they would select a target. You know, say it was a chipping drill, you know, from forty yards, and and what. Donald would take his 10 shots and he would have to get, you know, eight out of 10 inside three feet and then he would move on to the next target. So, uh, you know, it was really tough stuff, you know, maybe, you know, eight out of 10 inside one foot and then he would move on. So every single shot, you know, you couldn't go home until you'd attained all the targets. I mean, that's a a pressure in itself because if you're standing on a chipping green, you watch any golf tournament and guys are just, you know, chipping away willy-nilly and then they'll stop for a minute and talk to their buddy. But you look at, you know, your guys, the Allred guys, and they're there every, there's something on every single shot. You know, if, if you've got to, if you've got to hit five targets, you know, or get through five goals before you can go home, you, you know, there's yeah. pressure on every shot. So that's the whole Allred theory. And I, I guess... I mean, he's, it's funny you should say he's sort of kind of. I never consider him to be a mind guru. I've always thought that it's more of a you know a practice guru, uh, uh, you know, and it's it's more about the, the physical skills, of, you know, completing the tasks. Uh, maybe it's yeah. really yeah. I, I, it's I, really, I, I could easily be misremembering the Wilkinson book through through the through the fog of time. Oh, well, through there, the hazy day. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, if you remember what they did with Wilkinson, he wouldn't you know kick the ball through the goals, uh, Johnny. No, it was a. You know, kick the ball in seat J seven that you can see over there. That I put, uh, you know, I put my my rucksack on it. You know, yeah, hit that yeah, hit yeah, that yeah, seat. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, uh, it's. I, I think it really works. I, I can't believe. I never could believe that Luke Donald got rid of him. Um. You know, and if I was when when I plan in my run to win the Open Championship, I'm I'm hiring Allred. Mm-hmm. He's a he's going to be a crucial member of my team yeah, looking forward to it well, what about <laughs> what about Tiger what do you think happened he was, he was going so well from uh, over the front nine it was it was phenomenal wasn't it I, I I mean I just wonder if he's you know it's big I mean that's a big deal even for Tiger you know we always assume Tiger gets to these things you know famously his, the famous stat was you know, he, he led got into the final round of 14 majors and won every single one and then he got Y.E. Yang at the 2009 PGA Championship you remember yeah at Hazeltine um, but you think you know, leading with not not leading with eighteen holes to go, leading with nine holes to go, you know, Kevin, all that's gone in the past, you know, the past. Well, he's two. No, it's ten years since he won a major. What's gone? If you think about it, is it less than a year with those that horrible video of the Florida police release of Tiger mumbling and stumbling around, you know, after they picked him up in his car? Yeah, on the, pres- uh, the mixture of prescription drugs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's less than a year since that. I mean, that is just insane. So I wonder, not a combination of things, the sheer weight of the moment, the fact that he hasn't really been in that position for, for a long time. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's been five years since he won in the PGA Tour. And I, I just wonder if it, if he's not quite got there. I've actually just, I've always thought this year is just about him getting back. I mean, he's had a phenomenal, if you, if you leave everything aside and you look at Tiger, he's had a phenomenal year. 
Uh, as a, you know, if he was just a, a common garden PGA Tour pro, I think it's four or five top top five or top ten finishes this year. And um, and I just wonder if you know not being in that position for a long time, uh, you know, and it takes a lot. And Carnoustie is, you know, just takes a couple of couple of rotten bounces. You know, you think of that, and the shot, the hole that did on eleven, where he double bogeyed, it's such an innocuous hole. So he kind of got unlucky with the chip. He got unlucky with the lie, and lo and behold, he, he's dropped two shots. And then you get to the twelfth, which was a legitimately difficult hole, drops another one, and then again, I know, I mean, Molinari's never going to terrify the lights out, the life out of anybody, but he's if you're playing with him. You, you wonder if that kind of got to Tiger a little bit. You know, he just couldn't he couldn't shake Molinari off. He couldn't, you know, he was so relentless and so grinding and so brilliant. Uh, so it's a combination of all those things. But what, a, what, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Twitter melted, didn't it, when, you know, when Tiger was suddenly leading by a shot. I mean, I mean, it was just amazing. It was, it was magnificent. He, but he, I think that kind of proves conclusively, I think next year is going to be, a big, big year. He played brilliantly, actually, Tiger. He, he, the actual, the whole thing before I actually wrote a piece before the thing started. It looks very much like Royal Liverpool in two thousand and six, the golf course. You know, it, it was a thing. It was going to be a thinker that won that won the tournament. You know, I was thinking a guy like like Tiger or maybe Jordan Speed if he could rediscover his putt and touch. Um, but it was it was it was brilliant. You know, it was thrilling. It was historic. But I just wonder if if the moment got to him because it was almost like he choked, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I mean well, the I guy suppose, was choking. Yeah. yeah, he certainly certainly made made mistakes there. And, uh, oh, he made mistakes. Couple, couple of holes well, you, I was I was going to say when you when you saw what what had gone before, you know, the sixty three holes that had gone before, he, he he made. Well, everybody's going to make mistakes at a golf course like Carnoustie, but actually looking at his golfing thing, you know, one thing you would say. Uh, he didn't. He didn't take. He didn't need to take drivers. He didn't hit a lot of drivers. But the one thing he, you even look at the putt he had in the seventy-second hole for birdie. I mean, it didn't really matter that much. But it was such a weak putt. And you, you, you know, again, the, the putt on eleven. He had a putt for bogey on eleven at, from five feet, and it was such a weak putt. You know, he used to. Tiger used to just ram those putts in. You know, it, it, I mean, these putts weren't getting to the hole. They were always. You can always tell when a guy's not putting that great. The ball always falls. They call it the amateur line. It just falls below the hole before it gets to the hole. Mm. You, you miss on the weak side, the left side. And t- there was a, there's a bit of that in Tiger's game now, and you wonder, you know, he he needs to cure that uh, before he really gets back to the, the the absolute heights. But he cured the chipping yips, you know, a couple of years ago. So I'm sure he can. It's not. I'm not saying he's got the putting yips, but he just needs to be a bit more, you know. A bit more like his old self with these putts, you know, just get them in the hole, you know, ram them in the back of the hole, and and don't worry about the four footers coming back. That's easier said than done, but I think that's that's about it. But other than that, it was fantastic. Well, no, it's nice of him, nicer Tiger, to save his comeback open victory for next year. Oh, next year, oh. Royal Port Rush, Lawrence. This is this that, that's, what, yeah. that's what it's all about. Are you going to make the trip over? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually going to make the trip before that anyway as well. Yeah, that's going to be. It'll be so interesting. It's such a magnificent golf course, especially now that they've redone it. Maybe they should change it and take it up to Bali Liffin. I mean, that's that's what a golf course that is. Um, yeah, that would be. I, I think I think he might do something before that. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win next year's Masters. Really? He, yeah. I, I, well, he hits it far enough. Mm. I mean, he was moaning before this tournament about, you know, the Open's probably my best chance. You know, distance. You know, I don't maybe hit it as far. I mean, God, give us a break. You know, <laughs> he can hit it as far as he wants to. I mean, the speed is there. I think his ball speed is up over 180 miles an hour. It's certainly in the high 170s. That's the ball speed of you know Dustin Johnson. I mean, he's Brooks Kopka. He hits it as far as those guys when he wants to. It just he, he doesn't really. The thing this used to say about Tiger or Hank Haney used to say about Tiger in his prime, he had an extra 10, 15 percent on distance. And meanwhile, the whole world was ooing and eyeing at how far he hit the ball. But he could actually hit it. He could hit it further than, than he did. I, I think he's still there. It's something like the Masters again. A lot of it comes down to the putting. And ter- you know, golf courses that require that are, present a really cerebral challenge, like Augusta is one of them. Tigers, just he's the best. Yeah, I mean the way he got himself round Carnoustie there was, oh, it was, it was brilliant. Well, we'll see what see what happens now in the next year or so. Brilliant stuff, Lawrence. Great to catch up. Thanks, Mel. All, all the best. You know what to do. He's not available.
I'm a South Pole killer. I repeat what I just said. I am a South Pole killer. Let's keep it real. Uh, Mary Poppins, she was a very, very, very powerful lady. If you know the story about Mary Poppins. If you know the history of Mary Poppins, which was one of my favorite bedtime stories when I was small, she was a powerful lady. She had magical powers with that umbrella. Come April 19th, I'm going to be glad that I was called Mary Poppins. Just the history of Mary Poppins so Lawrence is going to be in Port Rush next summer. Murph, I had a look at going up myself for next year's Open. Oh, did you? Yeah. Flush from the success of my trip to Oma, I thought, why not take course, in more sp- sporting events? Up you can on. get Derry and Antrim there. There, it's basically on the border there. You get got get those two crossed off the list in very short order. Well, tickets, no problem. And now is the time to get tickets because they will sell out. Yeah, closer to the time. But at the moment, there are plenty. Seems to be plenty there. Had a look, yeah, okay, opening opening round tickets, I think something like £60 pounds a pop. Okay. Days play, get there early, stay there the whole day, that's pretty yeah. good value for money, I would say, compared yeah, to a lot bad. of sporting events up in that. Yeah. Accommodation. You get, you get to dress like a golfer as well for some reason. How, 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 how much you say it was the ticket? £60. Pounds. £60. Pounds. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's okay. Accommodation. Okay, I wasn't expecting anything to be available in Portrush itself, or anywhere particularly nearby. Okay. At least not without paying an arm and a leg, and then another arm and a couple more legs. Okay. But, uh, more limbs than you have to offer there. More limbs than I have to offer. I would have to take your limbs, Murph, to okay. pay for accommodation. <laughs> so I looked a little further afield. Derry. You yeah. know, how far is Derry from that neck of woods? Quite a while. Quite away. a while, yeah. But presumably there's transfers and stuff. I mean, this is, you, 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 it's you got, 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 got to think you get somewhere up north and then you get transfers, yeah, yeah. bus transfers and so on. Uh, a hotel in Derry, double room for two nights on the Wednesday and Thursday of the Open. Guess how much again? Uh, one, one particular hotel that I came across. Twenty-two thousand euros. How oh, would you piss off reading my tweets? <laughs> sorry, oh no, sorry. What can I say? I follow you on Twitter. You can say I've seen I this. Saw, Let's pass it over I to Murph so said. Murph can do this because Murph hadn't read okay, the tweet. Okay, uh, five hundred euro a night. Oh, and that seems about <laughs> oh. right. What? It's more than that. You're also wrong, Ken. Twenty-two thousand three hundred and seventy-eight euro. Okay, yeah, yeah, three. That's that so sounds mu- like a lot, all right. So much for free dairy, says Craig Jones. <laughs> it's a bit of surge pricing there. Kevin O'Hare reckons it's grand. You just win it back in the Portrush slot machines. That is true. So pay up, then do the slot machines. Yeah. Then you'll be all right there. Well, do you, do you want some good news? Well, not, I know not every hotel was... It, it, it was a bit of a glitch, maybe, but a lot of the hotels within the radius of the of Portrush were astronomical prices. The, the gouging has begun in certain parts. Yeah. Well, do, do you want my good news? Yes, not? what's your good news? My wife's family has uh, a caravan in Scary's Holiday Park, which is... and. I shit you not, on directly across the road from Royal Port Road. Serious? Can I stay? Well, no. I'll, I'll have a plus one. <laughs> so how is this good news? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just... Well, maybe you can. I don't know. Is, you're gonna, probably going to have to pay through years. the nose. You're gonna, probably going to have to pay through the nose. But I mean, you're, they're not going to charge you 22... Well, maybe they will. I don't know. Well, now that they I've know that they're going road rates 22 grand for Derry. I bought the tickets anyway. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I bought the tickets and I've booked provisionally into a Belfast hotel. Okay. In your face, Derry. Yeah, that's still over an hour. But that's oh yeah, okay. but again, there's gotta be there's gotta be buses going yeah, regularly. I think there will. Worst comes to the worst, I suppose you drive, book the car parking space. Don't really want to have to drive into Port Rush on that on that particular day. Hilariously, I have an aunt and uncle who live in Are La they Hinch. Got, do they also have a house nearby, but they're not gonna give it to me a good one? No, they, they live in La Hinch, and that's where the Irish Open is next year. No good to me. And well, I said, my wife's fa- like, but it's not just my wife's family, it's like they have like five caravans in Scary's mm. uh, campsite. I mean, everyone's gonna make out like an absolute <laughs> bandit as a result of golf next summer. I mean, listen. If I was you know, to make I, you I, my plus one, Murph, would, would, then would we get the... Cause <laughs> It'd probably cost you a couple of work with, to be honest. Yeah. Best keep me out no, of it, no, Odd. I'll keep you out of this. I'll go, go with plan A. Ken, coming to the golf? Uh, it only cost you 11 and a half grand. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a bit of the golf over the weekend yeah. because you, you were telling me that Tiger Woods was on the prowl. Yeah. And I thought... Oh, Tiger emoji on the prowl. I turned it on and then it was, it was just it was just a straight shootout between two golfers I didn't really care about. <laughs> Molinari and Schaeffel. Yeah. Schaeffel. Who won? Schaeffel. Molinari. Molinari, Molinari won, won in the end. As yeah. we were talking about there for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll look, I'll definitely look into it. When's it going to be on? This time next year. Yeah, July twenty. Like clockwork, Ken, this yeah. British Open. Mid- middle of July 2019. I'll definitely look look yeah. into it. Right? I don't think we, they fixed Wimbledon or anything. You can check what, what dates Wimbledon. They don't clash anyway, usually. So. Okay. I think that's about it. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, I'll, I'll, listen, I'll put in a good word for you as well for the Scary's Holiday Park. 
Thanks. Okay, okay and, I will. And, and I will know one. I really will. Yeah, that, would, that would be useful. And thank, thanks, but no thanks, unnamed Derry Hotel. Mm. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. David Clifford! No, we've got from the jugular team. That high yes. ball in from James O'Donnell. No, no more than Derry. Of course, Gavin! We're not. Oh, oh, dear. And a save. And the ball is out of the ground. We got two minutes here, It's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.